Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. I'm Ari Mizell, and Nick is on hiatus right now at a wedding. So I am flying solo, but I'm here with Jim Klotman, who is the owner and inventor of the Slack Bow. So Jim, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. So I've seen it, and I've gotten your little sample thing, which is awesome, and I see it behind you. But for those who are just listening to this in their car, for example, tell everybody what the Slack Bow is. Well, it's something I developed, oh, I guess, five years ago to help myself increase my athletic balance. I had this feeling that as you get older, and I'm 63, that I was age 50 at the time, and I wanted to figure out a way to ski well into my 70s and 80s. You know, I knew it wasn't strength because I'm stronger today at 63 than I was when I was 40. We have such great training methods. And I knew it wasn't skill because, you know, the more you do something, the better you're supposed to get at it, right? So I've been skiing since I was three. So I had plenty of skill, but what was it that kept skiers from not skiing well as they got older? It's true for golfers, baseball players, any athlete. And I thought, well, shit, maybe it's balance. So I went out and tried to find some balance systems in the marketplace, and I couldn't find anything that was a real challenge. So I did some work on a slack line, and we created unique protocols, not walking on a slack line, but standing and doing different movements. And we created this indoor unit that can be fully adjustable, and it can be used from anybody from a beginner to uh, we have protocols that we think even the most expert slackliners would have a difficult time with. Anyways, the upshot was my skiing got better, which I was shocked. And then I exposed it to other athletes. And we even did a simple test vertical leap and every athlete we ever trained increased the vertical leap by over 10 percent just after a couple hours of training so we found we think the great secret to athleticism and that is improving your balance and we're pretty sure we know why although it's not in any scientific journal right now okay well that's awesome now i mean it may seem like a basic question but it's worth exploring for everybody why other than, I mean, other than all the like things that you just sort of mentioned, why, generally speaking, is balance so important? Why are we not just naturally good at balance? Why is it something we have to train? Well, that's a really good question. I mean, I just finished a book or just published a book called Balance is Power. And to start off with, we talk about the four things in the modern world that deplete your balance. There's no real good balance measurement system from our vantage point. They measure you to the point of, you know, acceptable movement in a modern world. But the reality is we have this huge spectrum of balance from those in Cirque du Soleil to people who have to have some sort of assistance. So I created this thing called the Klotman Balance Index or the KBI. It starts with, of course, in the middle, 50% is the average. 80 is the top athletes in the world and 20 on the KBI. Somebody needs some sort of assistance, a walker or a stroller, I mean, a wheelchair or something like that. We live in a world that's built for KBI 20. So Use it or lose it. You know, if you lift five pound weights every day, you're not going to get really much stronger. So we live in this world of a KBI of 20. So we deplete our own balance system down Sorry, to what, like a 30. What, and then we get what, a challenge. Again? It's the Klopman Balance Index. It's okay. our index that we created. It's okay. zero to 100. Again, 100 being Cirque du Soleil, 80 being, you know, 90 being Seth Curry. And then on the other end of the scale, 20 being somebody who needs a walker. But the point is we've created this perfect world of flat floors, perfect steps, and there's really no balance challenge. And it's become such a problem that, you know, where cancer deaths and deaths from heart rate have all dropped dramatically over the last 20 years, but deaths from falls have nearly doubled. And the number one cause of falls for people over the age of 65 is a curb. So it's just ridiculous how bad our balance is getting, but we don't know it. 
And then there's other things that deplete our balance. The screens we look at uh, put us into what we call peripheral vision denial. We stop using our peripheral vision. Glasses that use progressive or bifocals cut out the lower part of your vision. They affect your balance. And the fourth thing that we feel is a huge component of the lousy athletic shoes that people wear nowadays. So those things deplete your balance. Now, why is it important? Well, one, you live longer. Like I said, you don't fall and die. But two, if you're an athlete, it's a subconscious autonomic system. It's not classified as that in the medical journals. It's part of your ANS, your autonomic nervous system. And the ANS is defined as something that is automatic and protective. Well, standing and not falling is automatic. And falling really hurts. So it's protective. Now, how does this make you a better athlete if you improve your balance? Well, let's say I'm a football receiver and I want to run down and cut hard to the left. I can only cut as hard as my balance system will allow me because if I go over that, I'm going to stumble or fall. We improve somebody's balance and remarkably, boom, they're cutting faster. They're hitting harder. Uh, they're, they're playing golf much better just after a couple hours of work. There's, every skier we've ever touched comes back. We've had skiers accuse us of hypnotizing them. We'll come back and go, what the hell did you do to me? And just by improving their balance, they ski it. You said that it's fully adjustable, right? So, like, what does a beginner protocol look like versus an expert protocol? Well, you know, and it's the slack bow is only about 15% of our total protocol. We have other devices and other work we do. But one of the key ingredients that we consider in balance is that we see a lot of balance strain that's on two feet and on your heels. And, you know, when I talk about people being on their heels and they do any sort of strength training, it just drives me crazy because so much of lifting is done weight equally balanced on two feet, and you're back on your heels, and there's no athletic movement at all that's on your heel. Everything you do athletically is on the forward inside part of your foot. So everything we do in balance is on the forward inside part of our foot. It's interesting, we get people in here who lift a lot of weights, and they really have a hard time doing it, and they lack a certain degree of coordination because they're so used to having their knees out over their toes and back on their heels. So we start everything on one foot, with the other foot behind. Uh, I can show you, I know you're watching me, I know your, your listeners can't see it, but the fact is we get in what we call the athletic position. You jump up and down three times, you land, and then you get on one foot and kick the other foot behind. You'll see some balance things where people actually stand up and they kick the other foot forward where they got a bent knee and they're on their heel. Nothing athletically happens on your heel, nothing. In fact, in fighting, they say, I got him on his heels, which means he's going down. If you're on your heels, you're in deep shit. So we're always moving to get people in the forward part of their foot. We get oh. people out of that weightlifting position, the knee over the toe. We want the knee inside the toe slightly pronated. Interesting. Okay. But on the slack bow itself. So like what, what, is an, what does an expert protocol look like on the slack bow? Well, we have what's called the 12-minute routine. You know, on the slack bow itself, we have it set on the most difficult setting right here. Yeah, let me start. Let we me have on really quick. Yeah, this is cool. So guys, so basically what the slack bow looks like from my point of view, and I've seen one, but it's essentially like a very low like hammock frame, basically. And then you have the slack line on it, and then you can stand on it that way. So, all right, go ahead, Jim. Sorry. It's fully adjustable. We go from loose to tight. We've got different heights. We also put something on it. This is a, a patented applied for device. It's just a plate that goes on it. And this keeps your foot from being deformed. So when we get on a slack line, we're on a flat platform. And we see balance in three different positions. You've got a left to right. So for your listeners, that means you're moving from the left foot to the right foot. So that's one position where we stand parallel. 
The second position is we have when you strike something and you swing through and rotate your body, which is all athletic movement is rotating through like this, you end up being at a diagonal to your foot. And this is all in the book, by the way, balance is power. But we'll get on the plate and we'll have our foot on a diagonal position. And a third position when you have balance is you have forces that force you forward and back. Well, your response is the same. If I get pushed from the front, I go onto my toes. If I get pushed from the back, I go on my toes. If you go on your heels, you're gone. Everything's on your toes. So we have a third position where we get up on the plate and we're diagonal like this. So just to show, and then we take all those three positions, Ari, and we have what's called the 12-minute routine. We do two minutes of attempts like this. Now, generally, we have a box down here where you can tap out. Now, I don't look like I'm doing much, but we'll get somebody on here, and even great athletes will get up here, and their legs will shake violently. And as their legs are shaking violently, they feel like they can't control it. They want to control it. I got to control my legs. Well, you can't. Your muscles are going through the same firing pattern mine are. They're firing thousands of times a second to stay up here. You have over 700 muscles. I'm quiet because my muscles are well organized. Your muscles, because they don't have the right timing down. And it's just a software problem. We don't build muscles. We don't increase your strength, so to speak. We take all those small muscles in your body, and most people's bodies are totally unactivated, and we reactivate them, and we get the software system started. So we'll get people in here. And by the way, you hear out of breath I am right away. This is the only exercise in the world that you get up here, and although you don't see it, I'm using every muscle from the back of my neck to my toe to stay up here, and particularly when you get to the point where you can engage your whole body like I am, you're using every little muscle in your body, which you never do anywhere in a gym except when you do extreme balance exercises. You're saying extreme balance, too, and I see the kettlebell there. Are there any times when you do that with a weight? Yeah, so that's a great question. One, you'll see people out in the world today doing extreme balance work with heavy weights. We talk a lot about it in the book in terms of the bilateral, you know, ipsilateral movement. So a lot of times when you lift weights, every time you lift weights, or a lot of times you lift weights, it's this position like this. You're moving two arms and two limbs at the same time with your feet planted. We consider that totally unnatural because everything in sport has arms moving independent. Even when you're pushing against another player athletically, you're pushing with one hand in front of the other. It's never perfect like this. So the kettlebell, and I, you know, it's hard for me to do when I talk, so I'm going to go silent for a minute or two. Big part of balance is you'll see people have great balance when they're tall, right? But no sport is really played tall. A lot of sports are played low. So when we pick something up, going back to my point about the, the using two hands at one time to lift, a, let's say, a barbell, we use a weight only to destabilize ourselves. So I'm going to pick up this weight. I'm going to go down low and get it. And by picking up that weight, I got that much weight that's now pulling me to one side in my extreme balance position that's causing me to counter it. So the challenge is then I'm just adding more difficulty in my balance. And it's very few people can do this. That looks it's really hard. We do. And so it is. And if you hear my breath, I'm out of breath. It uses every possible muscle in your body. And we don't care to build muscles. So when I talk about lifting a weight, we're just trying to make it more difficult. I think our science is, as much as I like this device and the other things that we're patenting and developing, our science is we've really developed a great progression. You know, if you wanted to learn how to deadlift 400 pounds, you probably could, can for all I know, but all you could do is 200 pounds, I wouldn't come to you and go, hey, start with 400 pounds. 
But same thing in here. We never push somebody past a point where they become nervous in the progression. And people are shocked how quickly they progress because we take them through all the little steps and then suddenly they can go ahead and do something. And they're like, I never thought within an hour, two hours, I'd be balancing on a board. Or I never thought within an hour, two hours, I'd be standing on a slack line for as long as I'm standing on it. And it's because we know the progressions. And a big part of the progression too is safety. If you want to learn how to improve your balance, you've got to go to the maximal limits of what your current balance is, short of a fall. So again, our science is knowing where that where you're short of a fall. We don't want you to fall because if you fall, we're not going to be in business very long. But we know where those little points are. Now, you said that this uh, improves people's vertical leap ability. Why is that? Is it just because you have a little bit more like coordination of your muscles? Or, I mean, they're, they're just stronger or what? No, that's exactly it. We did the test just for the hell of it because we were trying to find some way. We, we knew we were repeating, improving people's speed and agility. And it's really hard to test agility. I mean, there's certain agility drills, uh, you know, that the NFL Combine does. And so we didn't know any really good tests at that point. So we had read that the vertical leap was something that, uh, you know, an NFL Combine scouts will look at in all positions and really uh, give it a lot of weight for every position as the guy who's got the best vertical leap oftentimes has the best coordination and athleticism. <clears throat> so we thought, well, what we're trying to do is improve athleticism because that's what we thought the place we would go to. So when we did the initial leap, you know, I observed them. And then after the training was done and we did the follow-up leap, the level of coordination and grace that they improved with was dramatic. You could see a difference in how the body moved and how the body was that much more athletic and loose and coordinated when it did that leap. So it had nothing to do with strength. It had to do with that coordination and, and, and ability just to pull your muscles together and fire your kinetic chain perfectly. It's the same thing in golf. You know, if you watch a really good golf swing, it's like, there was no effort to that. And we've had several golfers, lifelong golfers come in and have shot their best score just after a few hours hitting the ball. And their compatriots or people they play with will go, you look so smooth when you hit the ball now. And it's that coordinating of that kinetic chain. And when the body's in balance, all the muscles start to fire in balance. And you will find, which you know is, is sort of a side note, and we have some people that want us to promote the product as this, and we don't want to promote it this way. But when you do the balance training, you expose the weaknesses in that kinetic chain. So if you've done too much work on your glutes or your quads or whatever, and you have a weak hamstring, you'll get up on that slack bow and go, oh, I feel it in my hamstring. It's because that part of the kinetic chain is out of balance strength-wise to the rest of the body. That's very, very interesting. So, uh, and how much, like, how much is a slack bow for people to buy it? Well, you know, I'll go through the price in the slack bow. It's, it's expensive. It's $1,400. It's big. It's Twelve and a half feet. Um, we're in development of a six-foot-long version that's actually more controllable and at the highest levels dangerous. The first time I got on it, I fell on my ass and I, I was lying on a concrete floor, laughing my ass off, going, "I've never had such a balance challenge." And so now we're trying to learn how to sort of lock it down so people just don't walk into a gym and get on it and break their ass. <laughs> the other product we have is the Slack Block, which is the piece that I sent you. Uh, that's $59. That's been selling really well because we had a guy recently, a lifelong slackliner. He's a, you know, a, he's a body worker up in Ketchum, Idaho. And he came back and, you know, bought two cases and immediately bought two more cases. And he said, it's not a slackline, but it represents a movement. I mean, I got one here 
just to show you quickly, and that's $59 in the book, you know, is on Amazon for whatever they charge, $14.95 for the book Balances Power. So this is a Slack lot. I think I sent you one of these. Yep. And you treat it the same as the Slack line. There's a, every time you buy one, there, I mean, there's a video when you buy one, it's the same sort of thing. You get up and you do these one foot movements and you have to just sort of balance it there. And what's great about the Slack block, again, I make it look easy. It's just so much fun because it looks so ridiculously simple to do. And people get on it and go, oh, shit, that's a lot harder than I thought it was. So we, we're really happy about that product. Awesome. Well, so we'll have links to the show notes and everything. But where uh, can people find out more about the product and about the book, of course? Well, you can find them all on slackbow.com uh, where we have the book and we've got some blog posts and, and, uh, I mean, we buy the book through Amazon and you can buy the Slack bow itself, the $1,500 product, or you can buy the Slack block, which is $59. And the Slack block, by the way, comes with a whole bunch of training. And that's, it doesn't look like much, but it's probably as much as anything as intellectual property that comes with it. When you buy the Slack block. Okay. Well, uh, Jim, thank you so much for your time. I mean, I, I've played around with the, the block and I, I mean, the, the training is obviously really, really beneficial. So I hope that people check this out. And um, thanks again. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Want to create more positive leverage in your life? Visit www.getleverage.com to access additional interviews, our blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe to hear a new episode every week.